All right, Adam here from Splendid Sports, back for another edition, the 10th edition of 3 and 3, where my guest shows three of their favorite cards in their collection and tells why. Uh, and then also we look at three cards that they hope to acquire for the collection in the future. And we uh, hopefully will take a look at those. Um, I am happy to be joined by Jake from Legends Never Die. Jake, how you doing, man? Doing great, Adam, man. Hope you're doing awesome. I am. Uh, so happy to have you with me here. And uh, I got to give a quick shout out to Dom of Staven Sports Cards. At the end of these three and threes, I always ask, um, and I'll ask you in a little bit, to uh, give a shout out, a mention, recommendation of another YouTuber who you think might want to do this. And Dom mentioned you. So um, here we are. Thanks, Dom. Yeah, thanks, Dom. Dom's my guy. Love Dom. Uh, he actually sent me a, a link uh, of this video when he was on the show. It was like, hey, you may want to watch this one. And I'm like, are you on it? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I enjoyed checking it out. And uh, I like what you got going here, man. It, it's a fun uh, little theme that you've got going. Something different. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the other day how like doing these three and threes has really helped me become a better collector just by talking to other collectors, some of the best collectors out there, um, you know, picking their brains, um, learning about cards that I, some of them I never even knew existed. Like one on Dom's video, I definitely uh, learned about, uh, I think at least one or two cards that I'd never seen before that, were, that he um, mentioned. So um, I wanted to ask you, before we jump into the cards, um, I was thinking this, like, uh, this has helped me become a better collector. What does that mean to you, to become a better collector? Mm. Philosophical mm. question. Yeah, deep, deep questions. Start I'm starting with off with the deep stuff right away. <laughs> a better collector. Um, I think the obvious thing that most people jump to is, you know, improving your collection. You become, you know, a, a higher achieving level of being a collector. But I think a, a lot of guys would echo this in the community. Becoming a better collector, I think, would uh, I would define it as becoming better connected. Um, you know, a lot of us are on YouTube to to share our collections or, you know, make friends in the hobby. And uh, I think that your your hobby experience will only become enriched by the, the more ways you connect to people. Um, I know, for example, I went to my first national almost 10 years ago. And it was, it was fun. I had a great time with my cousin, my brother, and, and one of our friends, uh, but only one of them was in the hobby. And I literally knew no one else. Um, had a great time, picked up a lot of cool stuff. But this year I went to the national again, uh, knowing, knowing a lot of people in the YouTube hobby uh, and getting to meet them for the first time. Night and day, totally different experience. Uh, my second one blew my first one out of the water. And it's because of the connections that I was able to make by becoming a better collector to come back to your question. Wow. I, I swear I never, I didn't send him that question ahead of time. That was <laughs> a beautiful answer. And I couldn't say it better myself. I totally agree with that. Like you said, there's a, there's a huge difference between improving your card collection, which money can help you do that. And, and that's, you know, some people just have more money than other people and they can just go out and buy the, better cards um but you can't money can't buy the connection the connection and the relationships and um just the knowledge and experience that um talking with people like you gives people like me so that that's the way i look at it too great answer 
Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I delivered there. You know, you threw, threw a tough one at me. Yeah, that was that was nice. Um, but yeah, before we get into the cards real quick, just um, what would you say is like the I, I've watched a bunch of your videos, but for people who maybe have not seen your channel before, what would you say is like the focus of your of your collecting in, in your YouTube channel? Well, a lot of the guys that know me would say Jake says he's focused, but he's really not. He, have you seen his want list? It's 20,000 items long. Uh, that's no exaggeration. Wow. Um, so I'll, I try and put this into a nutshell. Um, I collect vintage sets. Uh, so 1933, 34, 38 Gowdy. The play ball sets, 39 through 41. The Bowman sets, 48 through 55. Redman, 52 through 55. And Tops, 51 through 79. Then wow. for Hall of Famers, major milestone club members, so 500 homers, 3,000 hits, perfect game pitchers, uh, Braves World Series teams, and any player I deem historically significant to the game, for example, Johnny Vandermeer, who threw consecutive no-hitters, for anybody that falls under those umbrellas, I get a rookie card, autograph, autograph baseball, and bobblehead. So that's pretty widespread. If you just look at Hall of Famers, there's you know over 300 for baseball. I also collect UNC basketball uh, and other UNC sports to some degree. And then finally, I'm the self-proclaimed number one Sandlot super collector on YouTube, L7 Weenie. Yeah. Uh, so that's about as brief as I can make it for what I collect. <laughs> that man, those are some great sets that you, that you mentioned there. Um, but yeah, it was funny because, you know, I've seen, I've seen a bunch of your videos before and I knew about the, you know, the Sandlot, how you, how you have collect that. Um, but I was telling my wife last night, you know, cause she likes to watch my videos too. Uh, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing a three and three, uh, tomorrow with, uh, Jake, who is uh, a big Sandlot collector. And that's one of her favorite movies of all time. So she was excited to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What, so what do you like for items that you collect with the Sandlot? Is it like all over the map photos? Uh, like what would what is like the collecting with that? Sure. So the uh, the main thing would be I I'd try and do the same for them with the, the rookie card autograph, autograph baseball and bobblehead. Um, they don't have rookie cards, really. Um, I have autograph baseballs for most of the cast. I'm just missing three uh, from all of the cast kids moms, dads, everybody. Um, they have a autograph set in archives uh, from a few years ago. Um, I'm just a couple short of finishing that. Um, and I have all the base cards. And then a, a few of them have bobbleheads. Um, so I have one for Hamilton Porter, um, one for Squint, uh, one for Art LaFleur, who plays Babe Ruth. Um, but it's expanded to other things as well. Um, I won't give away one of the items because... I'm going to show one of them off in a minute. Okay. Um, but to name a couple, I have a, uh, a full-size cutout that was in theaters when the movie released. Um, so I have that from 1993, along with the bat that they gave away in the sweepstakes uh, as part of that. I have a box uh, where, as a promotion, they were sent to the biggest movie critics um, in the 90s, um, promoting the Sandlot before it came out um, with a lot of exclusive items from that. Uh, it's one of the rarest uh, Sandlot items there are out there. I have the shoebox with all the items in it, including the original Big League shoe that came with it unopened. Wow. So that that's something really cool that I've got for the Sandlot. But I've got all kinds of Sandlot stuff. 
And you mentioned you're a big Braves fan, uh, so you must be excited. Another playoff run. They're tied 1-1 at the time of this filming in the in their first playoff series. So that's uh, it's always fun, right, when your team's really good and in the mix kind of year after year now. Yeah, for sure. I, I grew up in the in the 90s as a little kid, um, you know, for the Braves being good forever, even though they got one World Series. I was four, year olds, four years old when they won it in 95. So I have a better memory of 99 when they lost. Um, so to see them win it for the first time I could really experience it in 2021 was awesome. I was at game three in Atlanta. Wow. Um, the first ever World Series game at Truist. Um, and to see them back in the playoffs and uh, now being tied up with Philly is, is fun. It's a lot of fun. All right. Well, let's get into the, into the, the showcases here. So let's go, um, if you're ready, for card number one of three of the favorite cards in your collection. So it's a good segue. Uh, you talking about the Braves. Um, and what I tried to do with both the three I want to show off and the three I'm targeting is I tried to hit a, a few different segments of my PC so I didn't you know, kind of stay in the same lane the whole time. The first one kind of hits them all. Uh, vintage, Braves, and part of a set since I'm a set collector. Um, and 500 homers and 3,000 hits. But it's my uh, Hank Aaron rookie card. 1954 tops. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Beautiful. And uh, I guess something unique about it being in my collection is, uh, number one, you can see that it's raw. Uh, number two, it's it's part of a set. A lot of guys don't collect sets anymore. But probably the craziest thing is this was a PSA 1.5, and I cracked it out to put it in my binder <laughs> because that's how I roll. I was going to mention that. Uh, you and I are a little on opposite ends of the collecting spectrum where I do majority of uh, graded cards uh, as far as my collecting. And you're on the other end where you you focus. Is it pretty much – I mean, I saw one or two of your videos where you did submit some cards to SGC, but for the most part, it's just raw cards. Yeah, so the, the video that I submitted some cards – those were purely to sell them. Um, I was like, you know, I'm very anti-card grading for my own collection, um, but there is value in it. I understand why people do it and all that. And they were so nice. I was like, I'm an idiot if I don't grade these <laughs> to sell them. Um, so I did. Um, as far as my collecting, uh, I have one card that is graded that will remain graded. Um, and that's my 1986, 87 uh, Fleer Michael Jordan rookie. Um, cause I'm not, I'm not doing the set and, uh, it's one of the most counterfeited cards in the world. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, like I, I see a lot of like back and forth with like, Oh, why do you grade cards or why don't you grade cards? And I always get a kick out of it because I'm like, no, it's still collecting. And, and you know, I, I see both sides of it. I understand why someone would think, uh, grading is like a waste of money and, and just not something they want to do. And I, you know, as someone who likes, I like the end product. For me, a lot of the cards, especially the vintage cards, it's not even like, I don't even care that much about the grades uh, as much as like how the card looks. And I just like the, I, don't know, I like the, the the cards, the way they look in, and I like how to, uh, how to collect them in slabs. So it's more like, I wish I didn't like it that much because it would save me <laughs> a lot of money. But, yeah. you know, everyone's like, collect what you like. And well, that's, that's what I do. You know, maybe that will change, but that's just kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. And I, I don't. You know, I don't see myself as at war against the the graded guides. If if nothing else, they're spending money on that and keeping the raw cards for me. So that's cool. Um, 
And I mean, I, I like to tease people about it. Like, uh, I don't know if you know Don at Don's Field of Dreams cards, yep. but him and I go back and forth a lot. He rags me about raw cards and I, I tease him about, you know, entombing his. You know? <laughs> so we have a good time. I love it. All right. Let it, let's go with card number two. All right. Number two. Uh, this one was my original Holy Grail card. Um, it's something I wanted as a little kid. And uh, it actually stemmed from the Sandlot. Um, there's only a handful of players that are mentioned in the Sandlot at all. Um, fun fact while we're here, uh, Maury Wills is the only actual MLB player to appear in that movie. He is the third base coach in the end scene. Um, I never knew is, that. Yeah, never so fun fact. Yeah. I know all kinds of ridiculous stuff about the Sandlot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, this is not a Maury Wills autograph. Uh, it is an autograph. And it's of Babe Ruth. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. Yes. <laughs> so this is my uh, Perez Steel cut autograph of Babe Ruth. Um, one of my most cherished items for obvious reasons. That I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I don't know if you've ever, you, you've probably showed that on your YouTube channel, but... I, I never saw the video where you did show that. So I'm seeing that for the first time. And wow, that's incredible. Yeah, man. So, you know, growing up watching the Sandlot, you know, everybody is a little kid. If you're a baseball fan, you knew who Babe Ruth was. He was the greatest. But uh, that that put him on another level for me because, you know, they talk about the Babe repeatedly with the ball and, and everything like that. And uh, right. I'll tell you the story quickly. Uh, right before I got married. Right. I said, OK. I, I want to get a Babe Ruth autograph and I'm, I'm going to make myself a deal before I get married and have kids and all that. Cause I know those things come first and those responsibilities, uh, you know, as a husband. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to find one. I'm going to buy it. And until I pay for the Ruth autograph, the wedding and the honeymoon, I'm not buying anything else for my collection. And uh, I accomplished all that by the time we left for the honeymoon. So then I got to go back to buying stuff, but that's, that's how I got my Ruth autograph. And, uh, while it's not all about value, uh, I couldn't buy one today. It's worth triple what I paid for it. Um, so it's it's a good feeling to have it for sure. Yeah, because you don't see Babe Ruth autographs every day. They're they're very hard to find on anything, you know. So that is. Uh, now, did you say how did like where did you buy that? Was it at uh, a show or online? So I did buy it on eBay. Um, okay. I had had a safe search for Perez steals of all kinds. I still do uh, to this day uh, for a long time. And it happened to pop on, on auction about six months within when I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Um, went after it. I was ready. I pulled the trigger. Couldn't be happier that I did. Smart move. That's awesome. All right. Let's go. Number three. All right. Number three. And this one will have an extended story with it to kind of explain what it is. If you haven't seen this before on my channel, this just looks like a gray notebook, right? And you you probably saw what it says on the side. It says a Sandlot. And you may be thinking, what the heck is that thing? And why did you choose it as one of your top three items? This is a set used script from the movie in 1993. Um, and it actually... It's one of the working title ones when the title was still 
the working title was The Boys of Summer before they changed it to The Sandlot. And in this script, there are deleted lines, deleted scenes, things that they left out, places where they added scenes, different things. And I've, I've watched the movie with this script and saw where they changed stuff, which is super interesting as a, a Sandlot super fan. And uh, this was a gift uh, from my cousin who also collects. And for years, you know, he told me that's what it was, but there was no real provenance other than the seller saying, hey, this is what it is. I got it from here, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Fast forward to just a couple years ago when I had an interaction with David Mickey Evans, who is the director of The Sandlot. Um, I actually have a, a, a screenshot of our conversation talking about this script and uh, me showing it to him on Twitter and everything like that. I sent him this letter and uh, at the bottom there, he wrote out that he certified that this script is real. It was a uh, movie used on the set uh, and the Sandlot uh, where it's written on the side there is his handwriting. Uh, and he, he autographed it for me. Wow. So I got to talk on the, on the phone with uh, the director of my favorite movie of all time and uh, him chat with me a little bit about the Sandlot and uh, give me a provenance that my script is real. Um, so that's why I chose it as one of my items. Really, really unique. That is so cool. And you did ask me before, you said like, do these have to be three cards? And I said, no, it could be any, any, you know, any collectible or whatever. So I should start saying three favorite items, not, not, not always cards, but yeah, that is, are, do you think they made the right move uh, changing the name from boys of summer to the sandlot? Do you think that's a better movie name for it? Absolutely. I think it's uh, it turned out to be more iconic and standalone where, you know, Boys of Summer, there could be confusion with the book, uh, you know, about the, the Dodgers. Um, that's very, very popular uh, in the baseball world. And uh, that terminology, you know, Boys of Summer is used somewhat often in the baseball world where you say the Sandlot, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. Iconic. All right, Jake, thanks so much for sharing those with us. Those are incredible items. Uh, the next part here, let's look at Jake sent me a list of uh, three items that he hopes to add to the collection in the future. I have the first one already pulled up here. Let me pull it up. And what we have, most of you will recognize. So that is the uh, 1953 Topps Mickey Mantle card. And knowing that you collect raw cards, I found in card ladder here um, a raw version, a raw card that sold uh, just recently, actually, on uh, looks like it was looks like eBay just sold on October 9th. So people people paying good money for this card ungraded out on eBay. Yeah. And as we get into the three I'm targeting, I want to preface with this was a, a very timely thing that I, I came on the show is I picked up a, a Ty Cobb autograph at the National. And that was my latest Holy Grail. And I'm still trying to like figure out in my mind what the next one I want to be, because it'll take me a, a long time to save for any of these items, um, year plus. Uh, that's what I did for the Cobb and have done for other items. So it's not like I'm uh, Mr. Moneybags that I can go pick out all three of these items we're going to talk about. <laughs> right. Um, but for Mantle, uh, you know, obviously it's Mickey Mantle. They're not going down, all that kind of thing. But for me, I look at this card as it's the earliest mantle that I could realistically add to my collection. 
Um, I already have the 52 Bowman. Um, I won't be getting the 51 Bowman or 52 tops anytime soon. And another reason it's a candidate, you know, as these three cards are for my next Holy Grail, is I feel like if I get this mantle, I'll complete the 53 tops set. Um, so that's kind of the way I look at it. Now, do you have a plan when the time comes, how you would go about, is it something that you'd want to buy like in person or would you be okay buying it online? So if I, I bought, if I were to buy this specific card online, I would probably buy a graded version, you know, one to maximum a two. And I would bust it out and put it in my binder with my set like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> But I, I would prefer to, to buy it in person, um, something big like this, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one, I could really see that I would love the condition of the card. I, I'm a low-grade collector, but, uh, you know, like anybody else, I have certain things I like or don't like about eye appeal. Um, and I would avoid taxes on it, on it being a huge card, um, and probably buy it from a dealer that I trust that I could buy it raw. Got it. Do you have the 53 Bowman mantle? I don't. I don't have that one yet either. Because that 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 is a, I mean, I'm biased. I have that card. I love that card. I don't have the 53 tops. Um, but the 53 Bowman tends to be a little less expensive, sometimes mm -hmm. a little harder to find. They're not as as many, I guess, as the tops. But um, that's a that's a nice one, too. From and I, I want that one, too. I need it for that set. <laughs> yeah. I guess this one precedes it uh, for two point two reasons, I guess, in like my mind. I'm closer on the 53 top set as a whole, um, and this one's pricier. So in theory, if they both go up, the 53 Bowman will stay in price range for me longer than this one will. Got it. Now, your second item on your want list, I don't have, a, I don't have an image of it, um, but we could just talk about it. You want to go ahead and let us know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, a James Earl Jones autographed baseball. Um, so part of my Sandlot collection, he's, he plays Mr. Myrtle um, in the Sandlot. Uh, he also happens to be in Field of Dreams, as many people know. Um, and he voiced Darth Vader. I like Star Wars, too. Um, so he's, he's a popular signature. Autographed baseballs of him are out there. Uh, they're a little pricey. Not as pricey as a 53 Tops Mantle. Um, but he is in his 90s now. Um, you know, he won't sign forever. Um, and I only lack him, Karen Allen, and Dennis Leary to have autographed baseballs of the whole cast. Um, but he's the biggest name, the most expensive. Um, so that's why I chose him as one of my three. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, when, when, you, when I saw that, I immediately thought Field of Dreams, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't put that together that, yeah, he's connected to the Sandlot and Field of Dreams. That's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Two of the greatest baseball movies ever. I mean, yeah. between him and him and Kevin Costner, you think they're in every baseball movie. Right, right. Yeah, that that is, that's a really cool item to have. Um, yeah, that, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind having one of those myself. Uh, let me pull up number three here. I think I'll be able to pull up this, but um, your third item was, it's a Walter Johnson Perez Steel uh, Hall of Fame postcard autographed. Mm -hmm. Whoa. There, there we go. All right. Yeah, is, that, is that it? Not yeah, that's the right image. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there were a fair number of these Perez Steel postcards when they came out in the 80s and 90s that could be signed, you know, on card because the guys were still living. 
A lot of people got them through the mail, in-person signings, that kind of thing. Um, but what some collectors started doing uh, for the guys that were deceased, just like my Babe Ruth autograph, was adding cut autographs to them uh, to kind of add to their Hall of Fame run. Um, the reason I chose Walter Johnson uh, as a potential next Holy Grail uh, item is I think he's the greatest pitcher of all time. Um, I would love to have his autograph, you know, one of the first class Hall of Famers, uh, upper echelon guy uh, by anyone's standards. Um, and who doesn't love the big train? Uh, so I, I'm considering him being the next one now that I've got Ruth and, and Cobb. The big train, Perez Steele, autographed. I mean, that's, you can't, it's hard to beat that. That, that would be awesome to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's right up my alley since I'm, I'm trying to get all the Perez Steels uh, autographed, either, you know, on card for the ones that can or cut autographs. Love it. Awesome. Well, hey, those, yeah, those would be three incredible items to get in the future. Uh, you mentioned you went to the National, I think, for the first time like 10 years ago. Is that something that you plan on doing every year now? Uh, I would love to. Um, I have a now one-year-old son, um, so I don't know if I can get away with doing it every single year, uh, but I would like to make it a, a semi-regular thing because um, I'm so I'm so jealous when I don't get to go and have been for years. Uh, and being able to hang out with everybody from the community and, uh, you know, connect with people uh, in a way that you just can't get online uh, was, was really special. And uh, I would love to, to do it again. Um, I know I won't be this coming year because my wife and I are going to go to Australia uh, in that time. Wow. Um, Five-year anniversary trip. So no national for Legends Never Die this year, but that's okay. That will be an incredible trip. I've never been, but I've, I've never heard anyone who's been to Australia say a bad thing. They, they just like, it's a long flight, but once you get there, it's all worth it. Yeah, my, my wife's a uh, she's an athletic trainer at a college, and one of her sports is soccer. She she played soccer. Um, we're actually going as part of uh, a trip to see the Women's World Cup. Um, so we'll see a, a few games while we're there in Australia as well. So that'll be fun. All right. So you mentioned community just a minute ago. Uh, the last thing I like to do in these is see if you have um, someone else from the YouTube community that you think would uh, – be interested and in, in, uh, want to be on three and three in the future. So if you have anyone, I'd love to hear it. So many guys that I could name, so many people I'm connected to, but want to give uh, somebody that I guess doesn't have as big of a following yet, that it would be good for them to also get some exposure on YouTube is you've got a great following here. Um, so I think I want to shout out uh, Iconic Baseball. Uh, my friend Al, Iconic Al. Uh, I got to meet him at the national in person this year. Um, I was one of his first, I don't know, five subscribers. Um, he's up to a couple hundred now. Uh, he's doing a run through what he sees as the top 100 iconic baseball players ever. Uh, he's got vintage cards, autographed baseballs, autographed cards, uh, mostly of, of hall of famers and all time greats or fan favorites. Um, good dude. Uh, really nice guy. Interesting collection likes, uh, statistics for baseball. So I like that too. I've watched Al's channel before, um, but I'm glad you recommended him. Al, I'm going to be reaching out and hopefully get you on here for a three and three. Uh, I'll recommend one other guy uh, just so you have a couple options. Uh, and I, I said his name already, but uh, Don, 
Don's Field of Dreams cards. Uh, Pittsburgh guy, vintage guy, likes Musial, likes Clemente, a lot of Hall of Famer runs. Um, but if you have him on, you have to exclusively refer to him as Donnie Livestream. <laughs> that, Donnie that's Livestream, a, all right. Yeah, that, that's the nickname he uh, got at the National this year because he's on everybody's live streams all the time. Perfect. Donnie Livestream, I'm reaching out. I'm getting you on here. Jake, thanks so much, man. I'll let you get back to it. I really appreciate you taking the time out to do this and uh, hope to meet you someday. That'll be great. Yeah, man. Hopefully we can meet up at a future national. Uh, thanks for having me and, uh, you know, God bless everybody listening out there.